Hello. Hello. Welcome. You are, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Um, my name is Carissa Schultz and I am, what would you say? I'm a millennial. I've, I've experienced sure. media through all the ages. All so. the stages? All, yeah. Many of the stages that no longer exist. So here to offer my expertise on <laughs> experience, <laughs> those experiences through the ages. Yeah. So I guess we could start before internet even had an effect much on entertainment. Mm-hmm. So as a kid growing up, when you watched like movies and TV shows, was it like renting, going to the movie theaters, renting stuff from like Blockbuster? Oh yeah. I remember like Blockbuster was our usual Friday night activity, you know, pick up a pizza and go <laughs> Blockbuster and pick out, you know, a couple movies to watch. Um, that was definitely a part of my childhood. And then my dad somehow knew people who were in like the theater and he would get me like bootleg copies of like movies that were in theater. So like I had Titanic, but it was on like two or three VHS because it was so long. So that was back before like people did pirating on the internet. You could do it in person. You could do it in person on VHS. (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I, I remember. And my mom even recently is cleaning out her house and she's like, do you still want these VHS? (laughs) And I was like, nope, that's no longer relevant. I don't know how I would even watch that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, like the TV in my room had a VHS player. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I got to college, we upgraded to the DVD player. Um, that was a big thing. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you had the whole Blu-ray versus regular mm-hmm. Ray. I don't know. <laughs> and that must um, have intersected when streaming stuff was becoming popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I didn't do a whole lot of the streaming initially. I was like, no, I'm happy with my DVDs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but then through time, DVDs became just obsolete mm-hmm. and people weren't using them as streaming became more popular so then eventually I moved away and and stepped into the streaming world but but I, I yeah I liked the DVDs when I had them cool and I still have I think I still have a box of like classic DVDs in my car that I just I can't bring myself to throw away there's I'm something like, nostalgic about yeah them. I'm like no we can't throw them away yet what yeah. if we want them one day which I don't know why we would but well, I guess with everything being on the internet now, I wonder if there are some people that are like, but what if it all goes away? <laughs> the internet fails. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, and my mom's like, I have to go through them. I can't, you can't get rid of them yet. Right. So, so do you remember, so I have this pulled up about um, a statistic of when YouTube started to become pretty popular. So Google acquired it in 20, 2006. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, those early 2000s was, like, pretty crazy. It went through a very big transformation of entertainment. It started out with people just kind of using it for home videos, yeah, like you would see on TV shows. Yeah. And then it became a whole business and enterprise and mm-hmm. whole thing. And you, you were the demographic that sort of were part of that and made it happen. So what yeah. was that like? Um, I mean, my initial memories of YouTube are, like, the really stupid videos, like, Charlie the Unicorn, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Charlie Bit My Finger, and all those silly home videos that got put onto YouTube, and then 
as our generation grew up and YouTube became more popular, then it started, um, what was the big one? Oh, we watched, let's talk about something more interesting with, her name is Milana. I don't know her last name. She's an actress. Mm. But she and her friend literally would just like interview celebrities. Um, so that's, and then, jeez, uh, where did it go from there for us? Um, just a lot of those really pointless, silly videos. Um, drinking out of cups. That's a classic. <laughs> um, really bizarre uh, influenced, I think, by, I'm sure, drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but entertaining video as a result. Um, <clears throat> and then I, I feel like YouTube now, it's like... It feels much more, I, I don't know if glamorous is the right word, but it's it's gotten like a bit of a glow up. It's not kind mm-hmm. of the... I mean, obviously those kinds of videos that you're talking about are still there. Yeah. But it's like the algorithm that runs it now is looking for like polished, consistent, constant yep. content. Yeah. With over Well then like there's YouTube TV, so like that's yeah. gotten really polished. Um and I mean I just the the content that's on YouTube now is just it blows my mind. Like I, I work with young children as a as a behavior therapist and the videos that my clients find so amazingly entertaining and have so many views are like the most simplest videos and yeah. you're like how did I not come up with this <laughs> yeah <laughs> who has all of these amazing ideas and they just put them on YouTube and become right millionaires well, apparently there's over a billion people that use YouTube every month which is crazy that's yeah I mean if I think about my internet use in a day I feel like a majority of it at, is probably made up of YouTube videos, just for me personally. Yeah, I I do it a lot with my clients. I think that's where I end up doing it most. Personally, I don't use it very often. I I probably use the other revenues of like Netflix streaming and Disney Plus um, more than YouTube. Yeah. But I certainly have close friends who use it a lot, uh, use YouTube a lot. So I think the internet is really interesting when you're talking about streaming services like Netflix because Netflix was a company that was able to adapt really well mm-hmm. to f- jumping on the internet ba- bandwagon. Yeah, I remember Netflix when it was like a box <coughs> outside the grocery store that you bought DVDs yeah. from and then all of a sudden it switched to the internet. Yeah, well you could you could mail them to your house and yeah. you, you could like queue them up. I mean I had all kinds of DVDs coming in at all kinds of weird points in time. Yeah, yep. Was... I would I would forget that I would order them and they'd show up. Mm-hmm, yes. So, I mean, based on this article, it seems pretty crazy that at the time, the idea for streaming things on the internet was not very popular. Right. Back in, like, 2000, both the technology and the interest was not there at all. Yeah, no, people were very big on just having those DVDs and Blu-rays and streaming was not a thing. Yeah. But that that definitely quickly has changed. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess it was in 2007 that they finally did internet streaming. And I remember that it was a little... It was not the smoothest thing in the world when it first started streaming on the internet. It wasn't. It's definitely gotten better over the years, I would say. Yeah. 
Um, I don't have definitive memories of when it was really brand new, but I remember it not being as streamlined as it is now. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, it's it's just taken off with all of the Netflix originals. Right. Um, and it's really become its own thing now. Yeah. Well, I was shocked by this Forbes article that said, I mean, this is pre-pandemic. Yes. But that, you know, of all the people that are, are watching, you know, TVs and movies at 50% are doing it from some kind of streaming service that you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. And I feel like also within the past 10 years that all the other streaming services that have popped up. Like, because Netflix is always the big one, but then yeah. now Hulu and HBO, all of those are significantly gaining in popularity too. Yes. I feel like they each have their own niche. Um, and I'm sure it's different for every person and like what your interests are. But like for me personally, like I go to, well, I used to go to Netflix to watch Disney movies. And then of course, Disney plus came around and that right. changed all of that. Um, so now, you know, and so then Netflix became the place where I watched the office. Well, now that's gone. Right. Um, and I'm not joining Peacock or whatever the, the latest oh, streaming that was, yeah, the newest one is I think. very, you yeah. know, yeah, not, not picking that up. Um, but so now I don't, mm, we watch, I watch a lot of stand up comedy on Netflix, I guess, mm-hmm. just sort of random things that I can't find other places. <laughs> um, HBO Max, I mostly use to watch, like, the news, like, last week with John Oliver. Um, Yeah. So they all have, like, their little niche for me. Um, So how do you think, like, in your job, like, you said you watched a lot of YouTube videos. mm Mm-hmm. It's, like, how how much do you think that has impacted, like, the work that you do, being able to, like, stream stuff from the internet while you're working? Like, how is that a tool? Um... I mean, it's, it's a massive tool. Um, you know, working with children, you need things that motivate them and interest them. And so like entertainment, entertainment, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, and YouTube and Netflix have just a plethora of things that they find, you know, the unboxing videos, uh, I, I don't understand, but they love, um, you know, and just like all of the songs and like access to like Sesame Street, which like. You know, if we go back to, you know, like that was on TV when I was a kid. And now, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it still is somewhere. But I think of like, if you want to watch Sesame, like go to YouTube, go to. Yeah, yeah. Like go to an online service. Don't watch. <laughs> yeah. Public TV. So, so do you think the like the accessibility because you kind of have a removal of like time on your hands now because usually you would have to there were certain hours in the day when you could entertain yourself with certain things but Mm -hmm. now that you can do it at any point is that helpful or a hindrance sometimes I I, I think in your personal life or into your work life (laughs) I mean for my work life it's great that it's accessible whenever I need it and it's not like oh I can't show you that Elmo clip right now because it's not two o'clock on Thursday um so for work it's great to have accessibility um in my personal life, it just requires that I be more disciplined and be like, okay, during these hours, I need to be productive. And then, you know, after seven o'clock, then it's, yeah. let's go watch WandaVision or, yeah. you know, <laughs> whatnot. So it just requires you to be more disciplined because right. you do have free access to it now. Very cool. 
And, and I think that, you know, that also has completely changed in the last year um, with the pandemic and people working from home and going to school from home. We have even more free time on our hands yeah. now. Um, and <laughs> you, you need that distraction when you're not doing work from home things. Um, but also there's, there's so little things that we've been able to do in our communities that we're like, well, what are we going to do to entertain us ourselves at home? I guess, you know, I'll rewatch every episode of Grey's Anatomy (laughs) and then I'll rewatch every episode of Orange is the New Black. Like, yeah, what else, what else is there to do the past year, but binge things on streaming services? Yeah. I have this New York Times article up that is tracking the rate of change between websites and apps for the same sources. And I guess the pandemic is also allowing us to use our use like our computers and TVs a lot more than our phones to connect to the internet. Mm-hmm. So you have like, you know, over 10% increases for Facebook, Netflix, and YouTube. And then apps are only a fraction of that. So yeah. I guess that the access to the internet and then the extended amount of time that we're at home, it's just, it's more like intensive kinds of entertainment instead of just like walking around on your phone and and watching things. Well, and you think about like these sources that you've, you've mentioned, you know, Facebook and Netflix, um, that that those are also sources that have allowed us to connect with people that we can't see you know Mm -hmm. like Netflix created a way that you can watch tv shows together (laughs) and like have a chat because you can't go over to your friend's house anymore and like watch Netflix together um so I think that has part to do with that increase as well because those sources have given us an opportunity to stay connected with friends and family during this pandemic right through these streaming sources do you, were you so I have this other graph that's showing us um, different uses of um, internet services based on age and frequency, mm-hmm. and I mean I think it's not surprising that the age group between eighteen and twenty nine is the largest for in every category except yeah. for the never using <laughs> a streaming yeah. you know internet services. Yeah, but do you think? I mean. Are you within that age, that first age group, or are you out of it now? I am in the second age group of 30 to 44. I will be, uh, I'm 32, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, the the percentages for those two age groups are, are pretty similar. Um, the everyday percentage is larger for the 18 to 29, which makes sense because you've got students predominantly in that category. Um, yeah. But I think they're very comparable overall. Um, yeah, I... I definitely find myself probably falling into that um, every day to several times per week category. Yeah. Um, for sure, especially, and I, I understand this data is pre-pandemic, um, so I'm sure those numbers would be even more significant. Right. Um, if collected now. Well, I also for wonder, all age groups. Yeah, for all age group is what I was just gonna say is like yeah. especially for. Those people over 65 that probably can't see their family, I bet they're either supplementing that kind of I think it would be very interesting if, like, (laughs) Zoom had its own category in this graph. Because I feel like it would just be, be like, off the chart. uh, Given how much people are using Zoom professionally and personally this past year. If you think about entertainment purposes, Zoom probably is 
I mean, I've seen those um, videos of people who will make PowerPoints with their friends, but they're just about, like, weird things, like the different kinds of frogs that I think are cute. Like, yeah. I don't... <laughs> We've the had uh, to define, define really interesting ways to entertain ourselves this past year, and I, I definitely find streaming has been a part of that for just about every category of entertainment. Yeah. Well, like, in streaming... Um like games like the those quiplash games like those interactive game phone my my friend group we have we have taco (laughs) night every monday and it used to be in person and of course the last year it's been remote so jackbox games is is definitely the highlight of our monday night you know we we cook food we eat and then everyone's like uh jackbox jackbox anyone yeah (laughs) so absolutely cool so I feel like this is one thing that kind of fits into to both of these things about like pre-internet, after-internet, and COVID is everybody seems to be very scared about the fate of movie theaters and or like live showcasings of yeah. shows and musicals. Yeah. So before I tell you what this article from Harvard Business found, do you think that theaters are going to tank in the water? <sighs> I I hope not. I, I feel like I still have a lot of hope for our economy and our world that, like, even though so much has changed in the last year, that there are some things that can come back. Um, I, of course, have many fond memories of going to movies as a kid and even as an adult. Um, there's just something so exciting about being able to go and see the latest movie on the big screen. Um, mm. And I I will... <laughs> mourn for the younger youth that don't get to experience that if they do go to the wayside um but it's it's just really hard to say what will happen um i i've certainly heard about you know like my dad the other day rented out the movie theater just to watch a movie with like him and some friends so i i think people are trying um to do what they can to to keep those places alive and doing well but as we've seen like things change every day, every month, every week. It's just, it's really hard to predict, but my hope is that they don't go away. I wonder if, like, um, it's, like, even before the pandemic started, because of streaming services, you, I feel like the rate of people that were going out to the movie theater was still getting lower, but I wonder now, now that we're, we're forced to not go to the movie theaters, if people, once it's safe to do so, are all going to flock back to these larger... events that don't require any kind of internet streaming services and just like being with other people yeah it'll be interesting because i think on in the one sense like we've all been deprived of that so our motivation to go to the theaters might be really high but we also (laughs) may be like no i don't really want to be in that big of a group in close (laughs) proximity to other people and so maybe there won't be any um but you know it's like i mean some of my favorite memories of movie theaters is like going to see all of the marvel movies i mean like the theater was packed with like the amazing fans and people would dress up and it was it was just really fun to be a part of that and share that experience with a large group of people that is not the same when you just wait for the next wandavision episode to be released on netflix it's like well we're all watching it but in our own homes away from one another well it's interesting you said that for like movies like marvel when it feels like more of an event to go to the movies yes i was watching a a youtube video by this channel called 
game theory, and they had a, a theory on one of their, like, sub-channels about movies or something that even though streaming services are so much more, like, popular and that the amount of people going to movie theaters is lower, they think that going to the movie theaters is now going to just be even more of an event-oriented thing. So it's not going to be, like, a casual thing. But right. they might, you know, especially those bigger cinemas like Marcus Theaters or whatever, yeah. they'll they'll probably just make these massive theaters, but it will be more of a, like, communal experience of a movie rather than just casually going to a movie on like a night of the week yeah sort of thing um but what this article found was that even though a lot of streaming services are going to be releasing their movies on those services that i mean theaters are still kind of like an institution that is incredibly ingrained in our culture and they're probably not all going to go away Yeah, I hope we're able to, as we have for many things, just figure out a new way to be able to safely enjoy those community experiences um, so that people that make a living working in those institutions can continue to make a living, you know, but as a community, we can all still have those um, group experiences together. Yeah. So I feel like we've mentioned it a couple times, but I feel like we can't really talk about you know, the impacts of the internet without talking about Disney. Oh. <laughs> and it, specifically yeah. Disney Plus. Absolutely. So, I mean, they, CNNBC released an article that was talking about the, you know, the revenue made by Disney Plus and their, like, streaming. And they have over 95 million subscribers. Oh, my gosh. And it hasn't even been out that long. Maybe no. a few years, a couple yeah. years. yeah. And then that's just insane. And the the pandemic, I think, is when they really started to hit it off, along with the fact that they now own Hulu and ESPN, and along with that, like, National Geographic and just a yep. bunch of all the other, you know, yeah. services. Well, and, I mean, I think you can look at this on a global level of, like, Disney proper. And, yeah. you know, like, the pandemic has certainly impacted people going to their parks and so they're not making money there and so where else can they make money <laughs> the <laughs> on internet a on a streaming service yeah. exactly <laughs> so um so yeah i think that has played a massive role in how large disney plus has become um and yeah it's it's really crazy like i think i've watched the last two or three newest movies just straight on disney plus yeah um <laughs> Interestingly, I I wasn't willing to pay the $30 to see the live-action Mulan, but I absolutely paid $30 to see Raya and the Last Dragon. So, I I don't know if, you know, it's just... I don't know why that is, but... You know, maybe it's just got a larger and larger draw on my (laughs) attention and desire to watch things on it. Um, So... Well, the last article that I have for our talk is um another Forbes article that is somewhat in response to the the one they did previously so before they were marking before the pandemic 50% of users that use streaming sites and now they're saying it's closer to 70% that is using the internet for entertainment purposes um but it looks like um that this might have come out March of last year is that am I reading that that right yeah I mean that was so the, I would be very right curious. Right. I mean, that was like right when yeah. everything was sort of shutting down. So 
I would have to take a guess that if that they now. redid that now, it would be much closer to <laughs> 90 to 95%. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think we've definitely discussed how COVID and the pandemic has impacted people's use of streaming services. And it's it's definitely become, like I said, a way for us to connect with the people who we can't see physically um, and a way to entertain ourselves from the confines of our home, which we often haven't been able to leave safely. Right. So when you think about the future of the Internet and entertainment, I mean, in some ways it feels like how much crazier could the Internet get? But on the other hand, everything is changing all the time. So, yeah, where do you think we're headed? Um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of economic standpoints that you have to think in it's not just about technology getting a certain way obviously there's a lot of monetary barriers in front of everything that we use on the internet practically yeah these days I think we'll just continue to see like competition of you know like all of these different it's like at first it was Netflix and then Hulu popped up and it's like I think we'll just continue to see more and more people trying to sort of get a piece of that pie mm-hmm. um and you know, people are going to have to find ways to make them stand out um, from right. other places. I don't know how anybody competes with Disney Plus, given how much of the pie they yeah, already they have. have. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, maybe down the line we'll end up seeing just like two or three streaming services because they'll compete out. Yeah. You know, the smaller. They'll outbuy. They'll outbuy. Um, well, in a way, do you think that's somewhat of like, it's like a reimagining and also kind of like a repeat of history because when TV was broadcasting first, there were only like a few channels that had, you know, the entirety of your television entertainment was just on three or four channels. And that's kind of, I feel like where we're going these days then with these giant conglomerate (laughs) companies. you know, so with with that in mind, I, I guess history will repeat itself and eventually we will get to the point where it's just a few and then the internet's going to have to reinvent itself again, which I can only imagine. I don't know how that will look, but... Yeah, like <laughs> instead of having... I mean, I wonder if it would... I mean, it seems impossible that it could become even more, you know, accessible, but like there's all those sci-fi things of just having like microchips in your brain access the internet and entertain yourself whenever you want. Yep. Absolutely. Or you know, (laughs) direct feeds into your glasses. Right. Who knows where it's all headed. (sighs) Yeah. All right. I think about, you know, like virtual reality, like I don't know, maybe we'll be able to like virtually go to the movies together. (laughs) Um, you know, which will keep everyone calm about the risk of COVID and other future pandemics, yeah, but mean... <laughs> still allow us that community event and, you know, experience. So it will be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah.